Gotta say, you guys get me most of the time at my most exhausted. It's also was like 98 degrees today. <clears throat> Sun takes it right out of me. Good day. Good day. Good day. Under his eye. I made you yawn. Yeah, my. I'm sorry. It's just <clears throat> went shooting today. Did uh two hundred two hundred rounds with this little Sig XL, and uh, went with my lady, and uh, my beautiful wife is. Uh, noticeably better than me um i'm not mad but i was just very impressed today particularly this is her second or third time shooting <clears throat> she killed all the animals so she either hates animals or she's just really good at shooting um i th i think she can be a uh a competitive shooter my brother is a competitive shooter in New York, and um, I really think if she just practiced, we signed up. We're we're signed up at a range, and uh, I th I really think she could, you know, win little trophies of guns. That'd be cool. Yeah, squirrel. He she shot the squirrel right in the nuts, and I was like, I was super turned on. I was like, oh man, he just shot a squirrel in the nuts. Great gun, always good teach. Yeah, she wants that gun now. I bought that gun for myself, and she wants that. So I might get a the the smaller Sig because I really do like that gun. Um, there's a couple of other ones. There's like a two thirty eight, I think it is. But my brother said something I don't understand. He said that's oh that's nineteen eleven uh, artillery. Uh, Fucking some other, you know, nonsense gun ter terminology. And I was like, what? Um, so I don't know. Uh, I might just get the other thing. Just have a small one and, and the XL and, and get really good at both. But it's definitely worth signing up for a range. Because if I do it every Tuesday and Sunday, it, it basically, you know, pays for itself. Uh, you know, it's way it's way worth it. And it's one more skill, you know? I can make jewelry. I know how to make a full uh, scale uh, ladle out of metal. Um, I'll know how to weld soon. And I shoot a gun. I shoot the guns. Uh, is the KGB to blame for the degeneracy of our time? No. It's people. They consent to it. You know? The, um... Just dropped, you guys. Um, people consent to the degeneracy. So it's... It, it doesn't work unless you... Uh, the rejection of, uh... Of God and religion in this country... From the 50s on... Um... People never truly reject religion. They replace religion... 
with other uh, appetites and uh, idols. That's what happens. We we are all religious, and we put our faith and our uh, our worship into different things like material and uh, you know feelings and uh, you know physical appetites, sex, alcohol, drugs, Burning Man, Nike, Sam Harris. That's what happened. It takes consent. They can they can help it. They could nudge. Yes, the the ideological subversion tactics of the CIA, maybe the KGB. <clears throat> now every major global company right now pushing degeneracy, upside down world. Because if the world's upside down, and they can, the reason the reason it's so confusing. Like you look at these companies and and you're like, what they're they're pushing narratives that are directed toward 0.002% of the population. Like, why would they risk their bottom line? It's because they're in a position where they don't, they no longer are concerned with the bottom line. And they're going into a future where um, mass scale um, supply chain, you know, is is very likely so they're all competing for that like system and if you can get everyone to worship material corporations combined with government can really have a field day you know and so that's kind of uh what it's all happened but it's always never blame it it's always you it's always the consent it requires the consent always and and it's just a matter of uh looking at what you reject and what you worship it all comes back to what you worship and uh you know it's the same story over and over again gomorrah babylon it's all the same shit that's why the the truth is repetitive it's constant it's always constant. Cultural, yeah, cultural Marxism. That helps. Which is just kind of a tool, though, toward an end. Uh, how did I learn these things? I just pay attention, and uh, I think the, my uh, gift, I think God's gift to me is discernment. And I spent a lot of years rejecting discernment and pursuing relativism. Hedonism, um, nonsense, modernity, um, new ageism, um, and so once I was confronted enough with just basic logic, basic logic, fucks, then uh, I started paying attention to uh, underlying truths and stuff, and so that's all I'm doing. A lot of a lot of people do this, you know, and it's not really knowing stuff. It's like a difference. It's this weird, weird uh, distinction between knowing stuff like information and then knowing the resonance of truth, like what's true underneath it all. And almost every time, the truth transcends the information. You know, the truth is the information gives you kind of what is 
at the base level in the current time, right? But the truth gives you what's true over time. That's where wisdom comes. Like, you know the truth over time, regardless of the content swapped out, the patterns that occur over and over again with swapped out content. Uh, you know, you're just seeing formatting. You're just seeing patterns. And that's the truth. That's the real truth. You know, the information is just whatever. It's almost some many times irrelevant, which is why I don't really participate too much, though I get sucked in sometimes to um, the arguments like uh, facts on facts, and, uh, get black on black crime, uh, uh, um, blah, 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 like uh, the COVID numbers. This is how, you know, like not to say that those arguments aren't um, important to distinguish a lie. But on a larger uh, order of truth, uh, it's just like, that's not the thing that really makes the change, I don't believe, with people. Um, doesn't really get us out of bed with passion in what we're doing in our life. You know, you know, some people though, like, you know, Ben Shapiro is like, oh, I, I can't, I can't wait to get up this morning and just like, and like, just relay these facts these facts that I just learned and I'm going to refute somebody and they're going to, I'm just going to own them and they're going to make a clip of me and they're going to put those pixelated glasses on me and I can't wait. It's like, that just doesn't get most people out of bed, you know? There's other truths out there. You're a philosopher and a poet. Do you write? That's all I do. I just write. I draw shitty drawings and then I write. That's my. That's the extent of my uh, writing. I really just, I refuse to write in long form because it makes me sick and it makes me like uh, embarrassed and hate myself because it's almost, it's like writing is difficult. I really admire authors, not all authors who just write. I mean, um, it lends itself to just being pedantic. It's almost like you can't get out of it. Like uh, you can write one thing. You can write like 50 words on a page. And uh, if you're honest with yourself or you show it to someone who's honest with you, most of the time they could be like, why don't you just write these three sentences? And that would be your whole paragraph. And then you'd be like, oh, fuck. Like, I thought I was going to write a little novel. Now I realize this is going to take like 10 years because every time I write 50 sentences, I really know deep inside it could have been just the same thing could have been said in four sentences. And once you see that reality, it's quite daunting to sit down and try to write something. I also think it's like one of the least engaging creative things uh, directly but I think it's a long-lasting, engaging uh, method. Like, if you want ideas to last, having a book in that format, writing, you know, how we know writing, um, I think is cool. But that's so long as you're okay with not it not being noticed for maybe, first of all, ever, or uh, after you're dead, at least. And you're kind of writing it not to sell a book or ride a wave of a trend, but like to really, you know, 
you know, make something monumental, um, you know, for the sake of making it, not for like, you know, sell, sell another buck. Why America's going down the drain? Hashtag whatever. Um, so yeah, no, I wouldn't, I, I don't, uh, I consider, I don't even consider myself a philosopher. I think anyone who just uses rudimentary logic, like just, just novice, like I'm like retard level novice, you know, logic. Um, people who know true, you know, complex logic and philosophy and all the terminology and the epistemology and all the history and all the, no all that shit. They probably hear me and they're like, oh man, you're just, I know what you mean, but you're just like saying all these words incorrectly. But even a basic level of logic, you will be thinking in a philosophical lens, you know, just indirectly. All of you, everyone, anyone who, anyone approaches it. Uh, do you think a person can fix the patriarchy system in the Middle East? No, I don't think, um, I don't think it's, I don't think the broken part of, uh, the Middle East is the patriarchy. I think, um, the best cultures are patriarchs, um, patriarchies. I think men naturally lead and build. Why? Because in the end, they're, they're going to be the ones who are going to be defending it for the most part. And some butch, butchy dykes, you know, who think they're, di have dicks. But uh, for the most part, the men are the ones who construct and erect things like penises and buildings. And they're the ones who are going to cut and bleed and murder people to defend those things, including their family. And it's, it's deeply ingrained in us to do that. And so uh, the, the patriarchy isn't the right thing to spotlight. It's uh, the only real argument you could have against other cultures um, – outside of that term is like their customs and traditions and whether or not their ideology is coherent logically, accumulatively, like on a mass, on a worldview level. You can't just pick out little things and be like, that is horrible. Because a lot of people make moral claims about customs and uh, traditions and so forth, um, even in like a theocracy. And when you really get down to it, you have to make the argument, uh, it becomes a moral ethical argument and you need a basis to make those arguments. And, uh, you can't just look at something that's like not preferable or, or just like, um, you know, gory or whatever, you know, a lot of people don't think further, like on what basis is any of that wrong or immoral and on what basis ought you change to change it? You know what I mean? It's like I have no illusion or uh, intention or dream of going out and changing the culture of another country or nation state. You know what I mean? Like that's not my authority to change their customs and traditions. <clears throat> so... I think the best way to look at it is uh, there's two things you can have in a, in a society and there's a combination of those things as far as their, their balance, which is f uh, freedom and morality. So you can have a bunch of freedom 
unlimited freedom and zero morality, you'll get a degenerate culture that's just like Burning Man and acid and orgies and fucking little kids. Then you can have um, no freedom and a bunch of morality. You'll end up in a theocratic sort of uh, top-down authoritarian state. And then the best combination in my view, which um, currently I would base uh, pragmatically right now, is that you get freedom and morality and that your freedom be comes from your ability to express your morality and uh, discipline your behaviors and teach those behaviors and teach that discipline uh, to uh, downward, upward, and uh, horizontally. And uh, those cultures will thrive because they have something, uh, their law, their social laws transcend uh, government law. So they don't need Big Daddy to come in with the uh, the fake milk, uh, uh, you know, military grade titties. You know, they just like suck on my military grade titties and take all this, uh, you know, debt, and uh, we'll give you stuff, and we'll promise you rights and this and this and this. Daddy, Big Daddy steps in when cultures lose their discipline, and then cultures that are over disciplined they turn their governments into the very mean daddy. So there's this weird balance, and I also don't believe that there's some perfect end goal because my belief is that men are fallen, and uh, and that's that's our state. We can't fix that part. We're not here to to somehow, uh, you know, fix our nature. Like we can't do it. Like everything will eventually mirror the fallen state of men. And that's why utilitarianism or this idea of utopianism or if we just get the right combination, you know, like there's a critique on even what I just said, which is like I'm in no I'm under no illusion that if we get the right combination of freedom and and morality, we can finally have the the reality we deserve or need or uh, we could do blah, blah, blah. I don't buy it. It all circles back to uh, men being fallen and uh, appealing to their their desires and their uh, their flaws and their appetites and their greed and uh, their primal natures, and that's why uh, that's why a spiritual life is necessary and uh, really the only transcendental truth worthwhile pursuing because it's not based in material you can't ever get there and people hate that you know people hate that spiritual being spiritual or, or religious in the material sense sounds like nihilism you know it sounds like oh what are you just not going to do anything then you know and it does it sounds like that but people who understand it how people who understand the deep uh, commitment to a spiritual life, to a moral life, they realize logically that it's not something that you can actually create a scoreboard for in reality. So, no, I wouldn't, uh, I don't think the patriarchy needs to be fixed. I think it's, there are other elements involved that I don't even believe 
could or should be fixed. But if you were to just argue in the pragmatic sense, uh, I would say the patriarchy is is uh, is very natural. Boom, 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 boom. Where do you get most of your opinions on things? Uh, I just get influenced by a lot of people, you know, steal, regurgitate, synthesize, um, say it in my own way, how I see it through hearing it. Nothing I'm saying is new at all. Where's the best place to live right now? Well, I think um, the best place is outside of cities. But if you live outside of cities, I think you should stay where you are. And uh, I think I think you need to make where you are. Um, if you're going to fight a fight, fight it where you are. You know what I mean? Don't run. and like If everyone runs away from where they are, relatively, I mean, I'm okay get out of the cities because that's just more immediate but anything outside of the city you know running to another country and doing all the stuff the entire world right now is under the same paradigmatic prison which is the uh the you know the new paradigm is you know karanka or whatever they come up with next. So we've they've already sold enough people on the um, the idea that other people are the enemy or dangerous, and they need to wear masks, and a plague can happen at any point, so long as Bill Gates says so. So there's there's nowhere you're gonna go that is absent completely from this uh, this new snake in the garden. So um, I think where you are. You have to grow where you are and fight it in that way. Fight it through growth and uh, almost like resorting back to uh, our original state. And I'm not saying like beasts or primal people who uh, hit people over the head with batons and, you know, rape them in the woods. But I mean like, you know, gardens and uh, community communities who share uh, their skills and, and uh, their, their makes, their trades, and their goods. And, uh, you know, it's a rejection of the... It's a rejection of... The, the, the real um, fight is rejection of, of modernity, in a way. And I know there's some hypocrisy in there. You know, we're all streaming, we're all connecting and trying to share this stuff online and share information and figure out how the best way to navigate through this crazy demonic matrix. But in practice, I really think it is in the physical space. You know, coincidentally, you know, I'm I'm on here telling you this in a non-physical space platform and I get the uh paradox of that. But um still remains the same you know you gotta you gotta you gotta build where you are but get out of the cities
in the world, not of the world. Exactly, Jamie. Boom, boom. How did I gain followers to watch your lives? Well, I think my following comes mostly from my, uh, my doodles. And then I started doing lives and probably doing impersonations of Ben Shapiro and uh, Jordan Peterson because most of the time people are just, they don't care about um, my philosophy philosophical ramblings they're just like do join patient impersonation and i will please them once in a while but i think that's mostly what's going on they want to like just see how tired i am and then some of them want to kind of like battle me which a lot of them don't end up doing i had to block a guy today like he was arguing i just don't i have no patience for when people people's position about truth is that nothing can truly be known and then they refuse to get how that's self-refuting that really bothers me you know or they'll just keep doubling down on it they'll like you know they'll say well everything's just based on an assumption and it's from ignorance like we can't know anything and i'm like can we know that he's like yeah i know what you mean but you can't really know anything and i'm like you're so you're using logic to make the assumption that using logic is just an assumption from ignorance. Do you understand why that's a problem? If we agree that everything's an assumption, we at least have to discard the invalid assumptions. And then uh, he just wouldn't let go of it. So I was like, I'm, you know, I'm blocking you. That's it. Bye-bye. The amount of assholes who hate this country and promote mass immigration. They hate themselves. They it's not even it's a hatred of not having any true cultural, traditional, ethnic, religious identity. You know? That's why the right who fights identity politics, like the classical liberal, the Dennis Prager, and he's full of shit, by the way. Um Charlie Kirk, uh Ben Shapiro. Identity politics is real. Like, that's why that that argument against it outright, you know, there's a version of identity politics that's nonsense. So they invert tr identity, right? Cultural, traditionalism, um, religious, you know, whatever it be. How the, the cohesive uh, collective set of values among people, a people. So... Uh, you know, the left, propose, they propose an inverted version that doesn't make sense, that goes against logic and is relative, right? So they're, pro they're promoting relativistic identity politics. And then the right responds by just fighting identity politics as opposed to isolating and understanding where the inversion took place and going, oh, actually, no, identity does exist, you know? It does exist. It exists on the individual and it exists on a collective. 
and to ignore it is actually the same argument of relativism. You're just denying it, you know, and that's that classical liberalism approach where it's, you know, the Dave Rubens, you know, they they reject, they're just as guilty of relativism because they're ignoring that Japan exists, you know, and there's, um, even though it's not as cohesive and it's a lot more splintered in the U, a place like the U.S., there still is uh, clusters of identity, you know, tapestries, like, you know, cohesive groups of people that could be considered a part of a group. Um, but, you know, the left made it about just like color and stuff. But that doesn't mean the groups don't exist, you know, they do. And I used to be of that thought. I had to fight a lot of people. A lot of people had to say some things to me back in my, you know, a year and a half or ago when I was doing super Dave Rubiny, Thomas Soley level, uh, you know, classical liberalism, you know, Ayn Randyism stuff. And then I had to confront the reality that oh, it, that's also sort of a fantasy that these things don't exist. So they, they do exist. What do I think of all countries matter? I've never heard that. Hashtags don't matter, though. So, um, I don't know if all countries matter. I don't know if all nations matter. I mean, you can't really argue. You'd have to argue first that yours matter first and and why. You'd have to ground that claim first. I, I think the whole matters thing is a is somewhat of a a little bit of an a trick itself linguistically uh because the moment that's why i disagree with the 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 phrase itself is because uh and it's designed that way by the way like they they wrote they created black lives matter as a statement because you can tie ideologies and measures to that statement and if people disagree with the measures marxism abolishing the family ending the patriarchy, ending nations, ending eternal truth, religion, um, private property. If you disagree with any of those measures, you must not think black lives matter. It's a typical trick. It's probably somewhere in the Bernays book, Propaganda. It's probably, it's definitely in uh, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. It's all inversion. It's all linguistic, weaponized uh word smithing and that's why i don't agree with any version of that matters uh issue because if you say well blue lives matter and then uh if you disagree with some of the corruption or shit that goes on in the police suddenly you don't care about blue lives now it's like it's just really stupid binary wordplay nonsense how do we proceed? Have a family. Make family. 
Share your family with other families. Like, show them what family is. Show them what immaterial values are, you know, and get people to understand that pursuing the material is a trap. And as soon as you buy into that, you are vulnerable to any sales pitch from anyone, any, any sales pitch. Because you're like, I talk about this on, on another stream that if you base your, if you base your values, the things that are actually transcendent, like dignity, honor, um, morality, if someone can convince you that those things can be based in the material, in some sort of, um, you know, Excel spreadsheet, um, they become a commodity. And what happens when you accept your immaterial virtues, morality, dignity, freedom, as a commodity, is that they're for sale. That means someone... That, that there's a right price for you to forfeit them, you know, and that's how they do it. You know, if your safety is for sale, then they can, um, you know, if someone can sell you safety, they, you might change, you might exchange your liberty or freedom for safety. Um, if someone, if you worship convenience, you you uh or if you think you get your freedom from convenience then someone can sell you convenience in exchange for your morality or your um your ethics um your principles convictions you know that's what you see with churches they get the you know the discount or whatever their deal is with the the government and then uh, they don't want to give that up so they you know put up the the rainbow flag you know It's uh, it's when that's when when it all goes haywire is when when people individually and at the cultural level accept a pragmatic view of their virtues and all of their immaterial values. They they place them in in reality. You know, your virtue can be uh, expressed by you know posting a you know a Saturn black square. You know. You're good. It's a tricky little game. It's demonic and it's uh, it's as old as our existence. What are my preferred pronouns? Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Never thought about convenience as something to be worshipped. Yeah, it's convenience, but strictly it's material. It, it always ends up being material, immaterial. So convenience doesn't exist without some material. Like, it's convenience to what? Like, for what? It's movement or, or your lettuce or whatever the hell it is, ice cream, drugs. So, I mean, it's not technically... To be stricter, it would be it would be just material, but convenience is a little more applicable. Like it's less abstract. People can understand convenience as as a commodity, as something you can worship. Material sounds philosophically douchey, and that and I'm 
30% philosophical douche, so I accept that. But other philo douches, philo chads, as uh, Jay Dyer calls them, philo chads, um, I call us based cringe, you know, based cringy. And uh, I'm okay with that. You love Ben Shapiro, Kendall? Well, a lot of people have a soft spot for autism. You know, it's not his fault. They're not going to find anything truly wrong in his past to uncover. The only skeleton is that diagnosis. And it's somewhere deep in his safe along with his gun. I always make a joke that he's like, Do I have a gun? Yes. Do I want to use the gun? Probably not. But if I have to use a gun, I will call the 800 number that's listed in my safe, and I will ask them to walk me through how to use my gun and tell me when to shoot it and how to point it. If I cannot access that number, I will call my friend Brett, who I go fishing with, who also fishes for me, and he pulls in the fish, and he does all the gutting and all the disgusting things, and I sit there on my perfect chair. Brett will come over in a, in a millisecond, or I can Skype him, and he will definitely walk me through how to use my operate my gun. Do I want to kill someone? No. Will I kill someone? I probably won't. I'll probably still shoot a little bit toward the kneecap and stuff because I, I don't like blood. I, 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 I get sick and queasy. I can't actually see the color red sometimes because it makes me mess up during my debates. I wish he could see this. He's probably seen one or two things, but, you know. Shapiro makes his wife clean the gun on Saturdays. I always have the image of him in his house, and he has to call a plumber over, and he's just standing there, just over them. He doesn't offer them water or anything because it just doesn't occur to him. It's not because he's rude. It's just because it just... It's not in his brain. He's just like, and he's just, he's just like, what's that? And the guy's like, oh, this is just a, an L bracket tube thing. He's like, oh, well, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't an extra part that I'm paying for that I don't know about. So, I mean, I, I'm on a trust. I, I definitely trust you because you're you're the you're a professional and I am not. I am a lawyer and also a pundit and an author and everything else, but. You know, sometimes people put extra things in, and, and I just want to know up front, like, if I'm trading, uh, you know, money for your labor, that that I know exactly what's on the, what's on the sheet and the, the receipt, you know. So, uh, what is that? It's tape. Well, I, I assumed it was tape, but I just didn't know if that was, like, actually required, because it's not the prettiest thing, you know. I would do. I would definitely do this myself if I knew how to do this myself. But I don't know how to do this myself, and I probably won't learn because I don't like to get my hands dirty. You're just standing there. I, I would. I would definitely offer you water, but I won't. Like I. I don't want to insult you and assume that you're somehow tired or like overworked and and things like that, or th that you prefer water. It's, it seems to me a little bit condescending for me to be standing here and then offer you some water, and I'm also taking you away from your work, and I know how annoying that is. 
Can you just leave? Can you uh, let me do my job? Oh, I definitely. I understand that. What's that, though? What, what's that? What's in that bag? That's my lunch, dude. Can you just get away from me? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, what's the problem with Soul? It's not too big of a problem. It's just that, you know, he plays, he serves a purpose. Is that he gets uh, people rationally thinking about stats and understands how pe misconceptions of uh, narratives. And uh, he can definitely pull people out of a, a sort of a leftist view. Um, but uh, I don't know. In the end, there's just, there's more going on than what he's covering. Um, that's it. That would be my only critique. Like there's more to like his skill set. There can be more uh, narratives to expose false binaries, you know, left, right, uh, false binaries. You know, he kind of got a niche in like, you know, the, you know, social justice, attacking that socialism, Marxism. And he kept the, the, the dialectic, so to speak, very simple reduced binary uh whereas there's a lot more with that guy's brain and his ability to dissect and analyze statistics and um false narratives there's a lot of false narratives to attack but i don't blame him i'm not like thomas you're you're a failure because someone like him actually got me uh you know in my life raft away from uh progressive liberalism um, he was one of my, uh, oars, you know, paddling in my little broken boat away from that sinking ship. So I appreciate him. I just think, you know, you gotta, you gotta be honest with where people's limits are as far as their, what they're attacking, which targets they're willing or unwilling to hit, which things they're unwilling to say, you know what I mean? And it's not like a, a hatred or anything. Uh, soul is good autism. That, that's funny. When's the last time I watched Ben? I can't. I can't watch Ben. I can't. I can't handle the voice or the, or the, just the general narrative. It's just so stuck in the mainstream. It's super mainstream derived, and uh, you know he just accepts you know lies. You know, and all of them do. Anyone who's making money in mainstream right left is under the assumption that coronavirus isn't a giant manipulation. Like, the farthest they'll go is be like, you know, they're, the, the numbers are definitely inflated. And it's like, no, there's like a literal deceptive disinfo program, a psychological warfare on us right now. It's like, it's not just some messed up numbers. It's like war. It's like a war. It's like... No, it's, I think it's, I definitely, I don't, I wouldn't go that far. That sounds like, you know, very like conspiracy moon landing kind of things. Like I, I you know, I, I can't do that. I, I can't sell sheets if I, if I go that far and people think I'm crazy. And I, if you say something that's like a little too truthful and you know, you, know, you can't sell, sell the things and you know, and I need to sell the things cause that's where you get your power. It's just like, ugh, it's just weak.
How many fifth graders do you think you could fight off at the same time? Well, I have a magazine that holds 12 rounds. This is war. No world war is ever fought like the previous one. Exactly. And and that's part of the propaganda machine. The the Schindler's list and the and all the war and saving private Ryan and all this shit. You know, they're doing it to make money, but there's an element there that trains you to operate under the assumption that war looks the way it's presented to you. And that's part of the war. That's what's such a f crazy... Um, it's not a paradox. What is it? It's like, it's just a... I don't know the right word for it. It's not a paradox. What's the word, you guys? It's just crazy. Like, it's like... I mean, there's got to be a word for it. I just don't have the word or know the word. It's like that the that the that the war itself includes propaganda against about war itself, so that you don't know when the war is actually occurring. It's just massive manipulation. But I guess the word is genius. It's genius. That's the word. It's genius. But it's something. Programming, yeah, it's something where the it's it's coincidental. It's not irony. It's like meta. It's something that's meta, where it's like, where it's like the the war that, the war that they're, they're uh, bombarding us with, is how they train us to think about war itself, which then plays into the next war and how it's fought and delivered to us. And it's like. It's the reason why people don't understand that we're actually living in in an attempted regime change. Like the same way, you know, our economic hitmen and jackals went over to other countries and you know dismantled their re regimes or took them out and shit because uh, they were they were uh, threatening threatening to our global you know central banking scheme and. Uh, and it's happening to us now, but it people think it's just like, no, it's just Antifa and Black Lives Matter and like, you know, everyone keep... That's why the right is so stupid sometimes, most of the time, because they take those general surface level, you know, they take the insurgency pawns and they make them the scapegoat and they're like, no, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, it's them. And then everyone wants to hate them because they, they become Andy Kaufman in the ring uh, in the South, you know. And they just want to watch them, you know, get hit by cars and stuff. But really, that's just their, that's just a, a war outfit. That's an insurgency uh, subversion outfit. You know, they're hired, they're, they're propped up with money toward a certain goal. And um, you just got to keep pulling back and like, who wants the goal? What is the goal? And it, ha it has nothing to do with social justice at all. It has to do with... Uh, globalized standardized system of economics where um, the top hundred companies along with their cronies uh, dictate over a resource-based economy they collectivize all the resources and then uh, people like Bill Gates and other retards like Mark Cuban uh, look at graphs and make choices in symposiums and they talk about who needs what resources and where and then it becomes this top-down delineated 
nonsense game of Monopoly or Risk or whatever the fuck it is. It's they're psychopaths, really. It's the best way to categorize them: psychopaths, all of them. And they all fight each other too. Psychopaths fight fighting psychopaths. And we're just the you know. Don't get me wrong. We're just in the crowd. We we are in Rome, doing the digital version of thumbs up, thumbs down, who to kill, who not to kill, to make us feel like we're some part of the, uh, like where we have the, um, we have the remote control to the RC car. You know, it's like society is like an RC car and, 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 and everyone thinks they have the remote control to it, you know, and, and sometimes they give us remote controls to make us feel like we're driving the car and really we're not because, you know, they own the mechanism of the RC car and they own the stations and the frequencies and you know it's like it's like yeah it's fun it's fun to drive your car in the backyard it, you know takes your mind off of things but 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 it's not it's not like you're fully in control of that car you know there are things there are mediums in between you what you're doing and what the car's doing and you know, you'd be a fool to assume that those things aren't owned or operated or provided to you in some way. It's like, yes, I, I'm a drug addict. Yes, I will call it something else because, you know, my, my handlers want to rebrand what it is. But, you know, that if I were to be honest, which I won't, you know, it is, you know, and who are you to say? No. No one knows the truth. I mean, is it really slavery when you get to play with an RC car? I don't know. It depends on what you what your definition of slavery is. I mean, one can say that we're slaves to the laws of logic and language and meaning and you know, we go on and we live lives and, and we can't justify those things necessarily, you know, and it's like, it's not like we have a choice. It's like, you know, like if I, if I go up to someone, some stranger in the street and I say, justify the laws of logic, fool. And they're like, I don't speak English. It's like, who am I to say, you know, just trying to get well. Will I write a book? I don't know. When I'm when I have like gray hair and I'm tempted to like m pretend that I'm still youthful and maybe put it into a really short one inch ponytail, maybe I'll type a uh, a book of nonsense. But I just if it's not satire, I think I'll make a fool of myself. So it's like maybe I'll write a like a twelve rules of life parody or something but my next the after i sell out of uh savage memes volume two if you haven't gotten it buy it it's awesome and i only print um a thousand of these um and if you guys are antsy and you're not in the first batch the next batch is coming 
this month. So we will go crazy packaging and getting it to you guys as soon as possible. But after that, I was thinking of just doing like not a Savage Memes book, but a book of memes and other like ramblings or things, doodles, unfinished things, like more personalized stuff, but it never gets posted. It it It's like a little, you know, maybe black book or like a very dark navy blue book or something. And uh, nobody gets to see any of it unless you buy it and it's like limited and I'll never make it again. I like the idea of making things that I'll never make again. I think it's part of the value, you know. But uh, kind of, I don't know. No, volume one, uh, Savage Means one is out. Never in print again. 750 copies gone. I don't even have a personal copy. It's, it's over. Almost Savage Memes, barely Savage Memes. Or, you know, just memes. Or the book. Is this all a huge distraction for the rollout of IG 5G? No. The, the distract, the narrative that there's a distraction for 5G assumes that most people wouldn't just want 5G. And if you look at people and how many are wearing masks, uh, it would be a retarded argument to suggest that those same people wouldn't be totally fine with uh, 5G and look away at any potential um, long-term health risks, um, which it's either that's either legitimate or not. I have no way of confirming that, you know. I actually think it's more likely that all of the things we use have some level of risks. There's always a truth to the matter if someone comes out and says this is harmful, you know, maybe our phone our current phones are harmful to some degree. Um but it seems more likely that China or Russia created the anti-5G burn the tower movement. Uh, to stall the U.S. from catching up to China's AI. And uh, so I think there's distractions, but I don't think it's from distracting us. I think most of the things we interpret are actually some sort of propaganda play between countries and their leaders, and we're just getting the crumbs, right? And we just, like, eat the crumbs and puke them on each other, and we're just like, oh, well, I heard this, and then you're like, that's not true. And then we look it up and then we look at YouTube videos and we argue endlessly. Meanwhile, it's likely that many of thing, these things are uh, crafted at the state level, global level. And then um, we just argue about the, uh, the diminished resolution of uh, whatever's left over. It's like leftovers, like dogs, you know. I know the, I know the truth. Look at this. Look at this document that they let me read. You know, like, we're all given the food under the table. And then we pretend that we're sitting at the... We, like, got in there. We're like... So even, like, Alex Jones. They're like, how do you know this? He's like, I have a good... I have a good... I have someone I know. It's like, even he's just chewing on bones and snippets that are fed under the table. You know? Anything we're given... You have to assume at this level of 
information warfare that it doesn't just get out, you know, like, you know, we're so lucky, our, our uh, you know, us peasant peons in our little country towns and rural and suburban lives where we just get our, you know, same the days are all the same mostly. We're just so lucky to get the top secret info on the 5G and, you know, we got it, you guys. What do we do with it? I don't know. I have to go get my coffee. Wait, don't you want to fight the cabal? Yeah, but I have to pick up my kid and I have a shooting class. Like, I have to learn how to shoot a gun. Yeah, but dude, why aren't you sharing about Jizz Lane? Because I have, I have to work. I'm tired. Dude, you're not using your platform for good. You got to share about the defects of 5Gs. You know? How, don't you see what Robert Kennedy's doing? I mean, if you were more like him, you'd make more posts, you know? What, this guy? You mean that guy? Wait, this guy? You mean that guy? Okay, fine. Give me a billion dollars. Put me in a family of royalty where you agree you each get murdered every couple of years. And I'll post more stuff, dude. Chill. Why don't hashtags matter? Because uh, they just don't matter. Because, you know, they're just a part of a, a information movement. Like, they, you know, it's for tracking and for algorithms, and it's for the companies. It's not for you. It's not for you to... But share awareness, man. Don't you know what awareness does? Yeah. Not, not much. Unless... Uh, it's your stomach tell making you aware that you have to take a dump and you could do something about it. Then awareness is just awareness. This is what funny. What's funny about awareness? Hashtag awareness. Um, awareness itself is its own campaign. You know, managed, marketed, created. You know, awareness. It's like it gives people the assumption that there's some connectivity between um, that marketing campaign and some sort of long-lasting meaningful action and it's just a net balance it's just a lie it's just not the case you know hashtags don't matter your your reality directly matters like you know what i mean so the time you spend trying to get people to see hashtags and whatnot all they do is see it and then maybe share it or something and they just assume that the work is done Meanwhile, they could have figured out how to shoot a gun, load a musket, you know, gut a, de a deer, grow a tomato, look at some land, you know, stuff like that. I got 26 seconds. Anyway, um, if this saves, I'll put it up. Uh, I'll try to end it early. Savage Memes Volume 2, get one while they're hot. Made by JimBob.com. Love you. Have a good night.